Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Jess. And I'm Haley. Let's do a quick catch up before we get into today's episode. I mean, obviously, we probably will be doing this in every episode now since we live apart, but... Yeah, well, I kind of just wanted to check in and see like how things are going in Arizona with like your daily routine. I see you out like as I'm watching your Instagram stories, like what is she up to? What is she doing? So I see you're out like walking every morning. It's funny because you see me outside where you used to never see me outside. But thanks to Arizona, I get Mm -hmm. to enjoy the outdoors now. So (laughs) very excited about that. Um, I've been trying to do a walk. Yeah, every morning. I think I mentioned that maybe in a previous episode too. Um, around like 7 a.m., which is usually when I wake up. Um, I skipped that for like a whole week because my menstrual cycle had me feeling like complete dog shit. I actually puked. I was that nauseous. The week before is always the worst for me. Like the week leading up to it is always when I feel like the most terrible, obviously besides like the cramps themselves. But yeah, so I've been doing the morning walks. Um, and then of course, after that, I come back and usually make, I don't know, matcha or coffee or energize one of my three favorite beverages <laughs> in the world. And then usually I like sit outside and read. Like I have this like mattress lounger by the pool, which is so nice. So I'll sit out there and read for a little bit. That sounds like the best thing ever. I remember doing that in Arizona when we visited one year, like outside reading by the pool in the morning. Also makes it really hard to like come back inside and like work because I feel like I'm on vacation 24-7. But mm-hmm. um, thankfully, I mean, it's getting super hot out here. Um, it was like almost 100 the last few days. So like I'm only out there wow. for so long and then I'm like, okay, thank God for air conditioning. So that actually helps convince me to work. Yeah. Well, it's only getting hotter too. What about you? Have you been back on your fitness routine at all or? Um, I have not been doing my workouts in the morning. When I do my workouts, it's more so as I'm like ending the workday or like late early afternoon, like two or three o'clock. And then I'll like drink my pre-workout while I'm working and then like go work out. Uh, But I've just been working so much. I feel like between the plant shop and like the sober space app, I just am like feeling so crammed for time. And I'm just kind of trying to get used to working like three retail shifts a week at the plant shop. And like, I don't know, I'm thinking like I'm going to need to hire somebody potentially in the near future who can help me like if I'm not able to work because if I don't show up, like it's like nothing gets done. So um, it's all really exciting and I feel really good about it and stuff, but just kind of getting used to it. So my workouts have taken a hit. I like put it on my to-do list every week to like work out like five times a week. I've only been getting it done like two to three times a week. I will say though that bringing plants up those stairs to your shop and watering plants probably counts as a workout. Yeah, I know. I think about that every time. I'm like, damn, this is such a fucking workout, like going up and down these stairs. <laughs> like how many loads I have to do. I'm carrying like the plant trays and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel totally fine with where my routine is at. I just know my priorities are shifting a little bit and I kind of have to give and take a little bit with different things. So that's totally fine. And I've been taking like my 
the time that I'm on my period off of workouts anyways, which is like such a nice change of pace. Um, it is getting night. Is it getting nicer there? Okay. So it's like getting sunnier, but it's still fucking cold. (laughs) Because I was going to say like, once it starts getting nicer there, you can at least, you know, have like your like walks or taking like waffles to the beach also. Yeah, definitely. And like, I am taking the dog on walks and stuff like that. So I am still getting like some physical activity and then I am working out like a couple times a week, but I love getting outside with the dog. I just still have to like bundle up in my freaking puffer jacket. I should have left you my Burton insulated jacket because I have not worn it once. <laughs> yeah. Um. Should we talk about our upcoming trip Dallas, Texas for the Mike concert. I am so fucking excited. I don't know. Did we share on the podcast that we got the VIP tickets for his show? I feel like we've just freaked out on the sidelines about it and not actually vocalized this on here. So it's about damn time. People know how obsessed we are (laughs) with Mike's music and how fucking excited we are to be VIP at the Dallas, Texas show. This is like the perfect next meeting time for us. Like, I'm so excited that we have this to look forward to. I was um, doing stuff on for work earlier just because I had was bored. And um, I was listening to Mike, obviously. And Steven was on his computer. And all of a sudden, he just starts singing all of the lyrics. Like, he would hear the intro beat to a song and he would, like, say the whole first, like, verse. And I'm like how do you know all of this? And he's like, how would I not know all of this? This is the only thing that you ever listened to. (laughs) And I was like, to be honest, this is kind of turning me on right now. (laughs) It made me laugh so much because like, obviously it is not his type of music at all. He's like a heavy metal guy. And so like to just hear him just like be like vibing to it and like singing along with it, I'm like, I love this so much. Yes. Does he want our extra ticket? Uh, You know, I did ask him and he said, I am going to politely decline. (laughs) I was like, that's fair. We will still have a blast together. So we have VIP tickets to the show, which means we get early entrance to the venue. And hopefully we can get like better, like a better view of the stage, like being in there early. Um, and easy use of the bathroom. These are all things you have to think about when you're fucking 30, (laughs) almost 30. Um, but so I don't know if we're going to get to like, actually like meet and hang out with him. I need to reread the details because it is very fucking exciting, but I feel like we're not doing this experience justice, but you'll see the social media content. Oh, and I'm also making Haley get a tattoo with me, so. I was thinking like a Gemini symbol could be cute. That is a good idea. I think it would be cute to just get up again. Yeah, Dustin gave me such a hard time. He's like, you're getting a white rapper's lyric. It's a song title, okay? It's more than just a lyric. (laughs) Dustin, and it's going to be cute as fuck, okay? I know, that's what I thought. I was like, I like it. I have zero ideas for tattoos. I'm I'm like, Jessica, tell me what to tattoo on my body, and let's fucking do it. 
I will just be like, Haley, we're going right now and this is what we're getting. And you're just going to be like, okay. And if you're listening to this and you're going to the Dallas, Texas Mike concert or just any of the Mike concert locations, let us know because we want to know who else listens to him and who else is obsessed like we are. Um, okay. I did want to ask about new places in Arizona though, because obviously everywhere you go is new. So tell me about some of the cool spots. This is a funny story. So, uh, Steven and I had a date night and we went to Diego pops in Scottsdale. Oh my God. He was so out of his comfort zone and so uncomfortable the entire time. So Diego Pops is this Mexican restaurant in Scottsdale, Old Town Scottsdale. And if you see their Instagram account, they are the most Instagram Instagrammable of all restaurants in Scottsdale. Hence the reason Yeah, hence the reason I chose to go there. And everybody said that their food's really good. So we went and while we were there, we were there for hmm, maybe an hour and a half. 10 bachelorette parties came through. 10. (laughs) I can see on their Instagram bachelorette parties. And it was just so funny. So I am weirdly comfortable in chaotic bar scenes. And I think that's just because I've worked in them, Um, Mm -hmm. which is funny because I'm not comfortable in chaotic things at all. But chaotic bars are like, they don't phase me. Well, Steven is quite the opposite. You could barely hear each other because the music was like just, you know, dirty rap music as loud as it could be. And I don't know. It was just so funny. I loved it. I had a great time. Um, I can't wait to go there with you because you will love it too. But he was like, please don't ever fucking bring me back to this place. (laughs) Stephen does not like Diego Pops. So, yeah, probably not going to get to go back there until I have some friends visit me. Your first and only time at Diego Pops until your bachelorette party one day. Maybe this is going to be me one day. Maybe this is foreshadowing. (laughs) Um, The other place I tried was, I don't even know how to say it, but I'm going to probably butcher this. Deseo Coffee, spelled D-E-S-E-O. Um super cute little shop also found it on instagram because it's instagrammable but holy (laughs) shut up that's like jessica's endorsement like this place is instagrammable no i honestly that's like the key to business success nowadays like if there was two restaurants one was super cute and super appealing super instagrammable but their tacos were like meh like, they're not known to be that good. And then there was this, like, shitty hole-in-the-wall place that people are like, this place has the best fucking tacos in the world. I would choose the mediocre tacos just to be able to go to the cute vibe. But anyways, the coffee place I went to, I went there because I saw they had a, they had spicy lemonade. Oh, my God. It was so good. So you can do, like, a lemonade with any flavoring. And then they add that, like, tagine, uh-huh. like, around the rim and then inside of it. It was so good, but I will probably never go there again because I could not get the fuck out of there. There was so much traffic and it was right at an intersection. So the way that I needed to go to get to my next destination with the amount of traffic there was, it took me 
probably like a good half hour to just get through the intersection because I couldn't get into the fucking turn lane that I needed. But anyways, good place. Hated the location. Um, <laughs> the other place I went to was called the Olive Mill. My parents took me there. It's out in um, Queen Creek, which is like uh, 30, 40 minutes like southeast of me. Um, super cute. It's kind of has like a like a big winery vibe, but it's olive trees, and so like all of their stuff is like specialty, like olive products. So they grow their own olives and stuff. Um, super cute. I definitely am considering like doing my birthday there now because like the vibe was just adorable. So I'd love to check it out. That sounds like an awesome, sober, friendly space. I was on Instagram before we got on here to record, and I saw that Ryan Sutter from The Bachelorette is actually doing bee venom therapy for Lyme disease. So he got diagnosed with Lyme last year, I think, um, and everybody on the internet went wild because here's another celebrity that, like, has Lyme and, you know, it's just not talked about, so crazy. But he never really talked about, like, what he was doing until recently when he has, like, two pictures that mention bee venom therapy. And I just thought that was so cool. It's funny because I feel like I was so into The Bachelor for like a while and then I just like totally trailed off at a certain point. Yeah. I trailed as soon as Claire picked Dale within like three episodes. That's when I was like, okay, this is dumb. I'm out. (laughs) Way to ruin my television for your own love story. Anyways. (laughs) Okay. Let's go into today's episode. Okay, so um, we were just going to be answering a question that I got in my DMs just a couple weeks back, and if you're like quitting drinking, this might be relatable. So somebody said, I'm taking a break from alcohol to evaluate my relationship, but I keep having all these dreams about drinking, and, and I was wondering if that's like a common thing. I don't remember dreams like this from before. So, uh, yeah, this is very common. It seems like a big majority of people that I have spoken with um, have actually experienced a drinking dream once they quit drinking, and it's something I've personally experienced too. So, we're just going to kind of talk about it a little bit. I did some research and I don't know. This might be just like an interesting concept to some people. I know dreams are like an interesting topic to you. (laughs) And I wish I had like a dream expert to actually maybe like talk about something like this. (laughs) You know, that would actually be like really intriguing to know. I actually would love to bring a dream expert or researcher of some sorts on our podcast. So if somebody listening knows somebody that they follow or anything, please let us know. Because I would love to have a guest like that. Yeah, we could probably find one on like TikTok. We'll have to look. Because we've said this multiple times, so we actually need to fucking do it. Um, So I actually did put up a poll on my Instagram stories. And of the like 80 people voted, so 66 people said that yes, they have experienced a like dream where they're drinking in recovery. And then... 25 people said that it has not happened to them. Um, So it's, I mean, 
pretty split. That's like two thirds of the people that have experienced this. And somebody else said too, one of the responses I got when I put this on my story from somebody said she hasn't had a dream about drinking since she quit drinking, but she did all the time when she quit smoking. So this is like all substances, not just alcohol. Um, Are these dreams or are these like nightmares? (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of like nightmarish. So um. I feel like it's like just a little bit unsettling because it's like you're going through kind of all of the emotions of what a relapse would be like in your dream. And at least in my experience, which I'll share what my dream was here in a little bit. Um, But you just kind of like wake up feeling like, fuck, like you like guilty, but then also relieved that it was just a dream. So I feel like it's like typically like a frantic kind of nightmare sort of situation. So having a dream like that would terrify me for like one specific reason because obviously like you said I'm really into dreams and I remember my dreams very vividly and like I'm 100% convinced personally that my deja vu is like something I've dreamt that like comes to life and like actually happens Um, and I like actually remember a specific dream that actually came to life and happened and that's when I had deja vu so I'm like that has to be it. So every time I have a dream now, I freak the fuck out and I'm like, oh my God, like, is that going to actually happen? So I can imagine if you're somebody that's in recovery or like staying sober, that if you think in that mindset, like I do, you would be pretty fucking nervous. Yeah. Yeah. You're like worried. Like, is this a fucking sign? Like, am I going to relapse? Yeah, for sure. And so, um, I actually found, It was an online article from Fort Behavioral Health, and it says that it might actually be the opposite of, like, it's it's not necessarily, like, that you're impeding relapse. Um, It says when you're intently focused on recovery, you are essentially relearning how to assert control over automatic behavior. When you're learning a new skill, your brain consolidates that information during REM sleep. There's even a theory that dreaming about relapse is kind of a virtual reality rehearsal for confronting a situation in which you might be tempted to use drugs or alcohol. If you wake up from a relapse dream and are relieved to find that you're still sober, it probably indicates you're still on the right track and committed to recovery. Love that. That's a lot better than where I was going with my thoughts. Um, Also, really makes me wonder, this is a little like sidetracked, but that article, you reading that really makes me wonder about those dreams that people have about their like partner cheating on them. Like, is that your subconscious being like, hey, we need to like prepare on how we would handle this if this was to happen? It also said, so they did a study. So Massachusetts General Hospital Recovery Research Institute, that is a mouthful, but they studied 2000 people that were recovering from addiction across the country. And they just found that people who had a more severe history of substance abuse were more likely to have these relapse dreams, but also people earlier on in their recovery were more likely to have these relapse dreams. So yes, in some of those situations, you're like a higher risk to relapse, but it's not necessarily like a sign that you're for sure going to go you know, relapse. So you don't have to read into it too much. Very interesting. 
Yeah. So, and, you know, kind of the virtual reality rehearsal of like something that you might be kind of thinking about. I feel like that is what my experience with a drinking dream was because so I have, I think I've had two and I cannot really remember one, but the first one that I had, I definitely remember, like I remember the circumstances. I remember the feeling of like waking up and being like, what the hell just happened? Um, in the dream, I was attending a wedding and I drank a little bit too much. And I was also in the dream very much aware of the fact that I was indeed doing something that I shouldn't be doing. I felt guilty about it. I was like, fuck, like, shouldn't have done this, like, regret in the dream, you know? And I was at somebody's wedding who I had literally just gotten an invitation in the mail, like, in real life. So, (laughs) yeah, so then I think, like, I had the dream is a way to kind of, I don't know, work through the emotions of like, hey, I'm actually nervous about going to this wedding without drinking. Also considering it was somebody I used to like party and drink with too. So I think that if you have one of these dreams, it can be a good time to kind of like reflect and maybe like evaluate how you're feeling about certain situations. Because, yeah, I really feel like it was me just like working through my emotions in the dream. But I also feel like it really was a reminder of like, hey, this like isn't good for you. You shouldn't do this. Like you don't need to test the waters with this. And the dream that I had was about like a year into me quitting drinking. And I don't, I think at that point, once you're like kind of further away from like your drinking days, you might question like, oh, could I have a glass of wine at a wedding? Or could I like fit this back into my life somehow? And so I do think for me, it was like a really good reminder of like why I did not want to drink. So yeah, I feel like if you're having those dreams, maybe journal about it, kind of get those feelings out. And I think it could help. Shout out to your subconscious for doing that for you, because I think that's pretty incredible to like think about the fact that you had just gotten an invitation to a wedding for this person And you were like, shit, now I got to go to a wedding and like navigate on how to be sober at a wedding, which we all know weddings are like the one of the number one drinking events. So like obviously that's going to be awkward if you're not used to it. And your brain's just like, you know what? Let's just, you know, live through this a little bit. Just let's just question this and see if you really want that drink. Like (laughs) – That's pretty incredible. Like the brain in like dreams is so intriguing to me. It is actually very interesting if you think about it like that. Like it like did me a favor. It's like, hey, let's practice. Literally, it like put you in the situation and let you like act it out to give you that reminder of like, hey, if you drink, this might be what the fuck happens because this is what always happens to us. And so like if you're thinking about it here well just give you a little taste (laughs) and then you woke up and you're like that's all I needed thank you for that reminder yeah somebody else told me when I had shared this on my Instagram stories they said that they used to have dreams about like trying to like pick up or like get drugs or alcohol and being like unsuccessful in doing so and like I could think about like the anxiety in that and like processing that sort of anxiety and I just thought that 
that was really intriguing too, that it wasn't necessarily relapse, but it was like the attempt at relapse and being unsuccessful. Wow. God, that shit is so interesting. So if you have had an experience like this, like a dream where you are relapsing or you're drinking or something along the lines of this, we would actually love to hear from you if you want to send us a DM on Instagram at Social Soul Podcast. I'd love to read it. I'd love to hear your experience and even share it with our listeners too. So the subconscious is just amazing. And again, as a reminder to all of our listeners, if you know any dream experts, please let me know. Um, That is it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Social Soul Podcast and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.